And now, brought to you by Guru Energy Drinks. Good energy, smart organics. www.guruenergy.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Gluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Gut Check Podcast, uh, coming to you live from the Guru Energy Studios uh, here at Gut Check South. I'm Ted Cluck, joined as always by Zach Bartle. Zach, we've got a uh, we've got a full uh, a full slate of things to talk about today, don't we, baby? Well, we got things to talk about, and then in about 20 minutes, we're gonna blow the freaking minds of the uh, the Christian internet with, mm. with uh, wow we're gonna have a big reveal on the program yeah yeah big reveal about the identity of a gentleman it's gonna be great oh we're gonna we're gonna actually unveil this gentleman I guess I didn't I wasn't aware of that yeah yeah he's been kind of lurking in the shadows um, oh that's huge under yeah. a couple of pseudonyms and he decided that uh, it was time to just kind of uh, stand up at the, the podium and say I am Iron Man uh, wow dude, and, and it's our podium he's at what a what a huge moment! Uh, I think we call that in uh, in journalism we call that breaking news. So I'm gonna I'm gonna test out our music. Okay, let's hear it. It always bothered me that no one did that background part when you do that on the happy rant. I know I like it with the background part. It feels complete. Baby, what are you uh, what are you drinking in your uh, in your studio this morning? Man, I had to rush up here to get this going. I'm preaching at uh, in an hour and eighteen minutes. I am preaching at the city rescue mission. So, oh no kidding! I'm, yeah, I'm running all over the place like a like a uh, a chicken um, whose head is still attached, but he has a lot of things to do. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't have any bev with me right now. What about you, man? No bev. I'm drinking a, a guru light, man. Oh, nice. Those are uh, good. Those are really, really good. That's my favorite one so far, and I, I dude, have I tested it is, a few others. It is also my favorite one. Yeah, this is uh, this is my first go around with guru light. Usually, uh, you and I go for the like uh, the no carb, low cal yeah. version of whatever Rockstar or whatever. And this one, man, it is good. Because we're sleek and we're healthy, we're uh, we're we're elite athletes. We're like Panthers, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, every time I look at our website and I see that that's an awesome looking. All all of their branding and 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 stuff is very cool at Guru. But when I yeah. see the guy like uh, kayaking, yeah, I'm like, man, I need to someday drink like an energy drink and then actually do something that requires energy. <laughs> Well, this this requires a certain type of uh, of energy, Zach. Podcasting, yeah, uh, a certain kind of mental uh, acuity. And uh, and I feel like the guru helps us uh, helps us get there. Now, uh, what are we talking about today, man? Man, I want to start. I didn't I didn't blow this by you, but can I can I revisit for the third time the idea of persona? Yeah, I was having this thought driving here. I I think almost every conversation is about persona, to be honest. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of our wheelhouse. Uh, A lot of things. The 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 hub of the wheel is 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 you know kind of. Ret- looking at people's persona and, and kind of uh, reverse engineering it to figure out where the caffeine is. By the way, did you see that Guru uh, tweeted us back and explained where the caffeine comes from? Dude, I saw that. That was really awesome and helpful. And so, it tells uh, us they actually listen to the podcast, which is super cool. It is very cool. So uh, thank you again to Guru Energy. Uh, great energy, smart organics. No, it's actually just good energy, smart organics. It's not great. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's not great, but, but that's yeah. not the slogan. Hold on a minute. My wife is walking in. Ah, great. Hey, Ted. Tell her, tell her, say, hey, Aaron, how are you? Oh, I can't hear him because he's in your ears. He said, hey, Aaron, how are you? I'm great. Dude, that was great. Great talk. Great talk. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was thinking about was was this. Um, my my personal brand, and and, uh, and I hate that idea, and I hate that phrase, 
Yeah. Um, and and I'm I'm actually kind of happy that at the moment, um, I'm kind of a free agent here uh, in in a way where. Um, I'm not so worried about about this kind of thing. But uh-huh. uh, when I first got my my agent, she told me she said, "Listen, we are thinking about taking you on as a client, but the concern was your kind of bifurcated image. Or if you Google you, you find uh-huh. this kind of uh, square pastor in a suit, yeah. um, you know, being like, hey, welcome to the website of Judson Baptist Church.' And then you also find this, you know, a guy smoking cigars and and being very snarky and publishing these these kind of books." So your agent was worried about your bifurcated image. Yeah. Oh, man, I just realized I've had my mic on uh, the wrong setting, and that's why I was hearing all these peas popping and, and mm-hmm. sibilance. I apologize to to all of the people who are affected by that. Um, uh, that was my error. It's hard. It's, it's tragic, actually. We're going to have a just a week of awareness for that, you know? So <laughs> but I'm going to uh, have a... A ribbon on my lapel next week. What, what for, color will it be? For everyone who's affected by that. Because <laughs> that helps so much. It's going to be blue in honor of our blue snowball microphones. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, the, what brought it to mind is that I was uh, thinking about the Joe Thorne interview yeah. and how when I was interviewing this pastor without you, and when I when I edited the thing and was listening to it, I was yep. I kind of shifted into pastor mode, and I'm like, oh, well, is it you know much of an overlap between those who are Southern Baptist and those in the X29 network? You know, like very yeah, kind yeah. of. And then when you shop got talk, on the thing, like, yeah, shop talk. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of shifted, and and we got kind of more snarky and more. And, and I was like, man, that's funny. I mean, and everyone has this. Everyone talks differently around their in laws than they do around their buddies or whatever. Um. But do you ever do you ever have that kind of going on? Like the you know, there's the Professor Ted, or I, I get the sense that you're just kind of seriously even keel, or wherever you are, you're just very much you. I think so, man. Although we had a, I, I had an incident this uh, this weekend. Actually, we had uh, we had out of state company in uh, a great family from our old church uh, up in Michigan, and they they came in to spend several days with us, and they were they were shocked at how like introverted I was in real life because they. They had only seen me in like evening venues. Like I was, I was like <laughs> dinner party and like uh, just evening guy with them. Ascot the Ted. What? Yeah, I was Ascot Ted, right? So I, I was like the king of the living room for three hours. You know, the fun loving party guy. Um, <laughs> king of the living room. But then they came to stay at my house for four days, and they were they were seriously like, "What's wrong? You know, are you okay? Is everything okay?" And I was just like, "Yeah, this is how I am." You know, <laughs> like. You know, I'm not. I'm not the the you know the fun loving party guy for four days in a row. I can't do it. So I, I think I think a lot of people think that I'm introverted because uh, of the way that I interact with. They with think people. you're extroverted. You mean? Or yeah, they think that I'm extroverted when in fact I'm uh, I'm pretty introverted. So I think that's one one area in which maybe my like, you know, my public persona and private personas are different. But but I think what you're saying is true in that you know by and large I. You know, I try to be the same way in the classroom as I am, you know, meeting people for coffee or just walking around campus or whatever. So, well, you're uh, guilty extroverted, Ted, is what you are. Like, if you're out, if we're if we're with our families getting ice cream and there's like a, a sad, like old lady there, you yeah. will engage her in conversation because yeah, you feel the need to do that. Yes, um, because you're kind. Yeah, and so you, I mean, that is definitely the trait of an extrovert. But you're yeah. doing it even though you hate the idea of engaging yes. someone else, and you'd rather just just sit there. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I'm a guilt extrovert. You're a complicated times. cat, dude. Wow, baby, thank you, man. And and you know, part of why we have this program is to work through those issues. You know, just lean into that. <laughs> so. You know what? I want to lean in the direction of Blair from Facts of Life. 
Dude, I know you do. Of course you do. Because you, here's a situation that people may be aware of. You, you probably did lean in that direction when you were a certain... <laughs> did Blair certain from Fox Life, Life was very important to Young Pastor Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'll tell you what, that, that is someone who hasn't gotten any like like lizard work done on her face as she's gotten yeah. older. She is just as, as kind Dude, of and, and all-American to, and beautiful now as she always was. And here's to not getting lizard work done. You know, I mean, that's that's great. Good for her. Yeah, it's, that's a sad thing. Like your Meg Ryan situation where you're like, oh, oh she's really cute. Oh. oh, wait, nope, she's a lizard. Oh, dude, that that's happened. hard. Yeah, that's really hard. And, that's and hard. someone didn't tell these, these blonde uh, women that when you get to like 50 and you have crow's feet, mm-hmm. you look better. Don't, yeah. Don't stretch all that crap out. And now you look like, you know, that Johnny Depp, like animated <laughs> Rango. Rango. Oh, dude, that's, <laughs> that's funny, but super mean. Beauty <laughs> advice from Zach Bartles. <laughs> that is kind of mean. <laughs> oh boy. That, you know uh, what? File that under the the um, the other Zach. You know, there's it's... other Zach bifurcated Zach. <laughs> now, is your uh, back to that? I mean, is your is your agent over that? I mean, is she okay with that? Or did she just realize that like literally no one cares at all about a writer's persona by and large? I mean, no, did, I think did that she's, ever occur to her? No, she she's quite sure everyone does care, um, okay. and that's why they buy your books. What I did is I just kind of piled it all into one place, mm-hmm. and, and I and I just went through and kind of de-dorkified the pastor stuff uh, because <laughs> okay. honestly, I'm I'm not quite a bit different. If I'm visiting, you know, a 90 year old woman in a nursing home, I'm not oh, making sure, jokes you're not about making Blair. Same, yeah, you're not making the same banter that that we are. But yeah. when I preach, I mean, it's it's full of snark and 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 you know, there's there's a lot of pop culture references. It's not much different from my writing. So so I think yeah. I just had to make that clear on yeah yeah on my whatever online presence or whatever. Man, why are we talking about this stuff? Now how let's, do you how do you let's talk you, about Blair, dude? Yeah, let's definitely get back to talking about Blair for sure. But uh, how do you <laughs> how do you feel about your persona? I mean, and if you had to rate your persona from one to ten, your level of happiness vis a vis the persona, what would you what what number would you give it? Oh, ten I mean, being. Ten being, I'm thrilled with my persona, and uh, and and every time I see an image of myself online, I just get happy. And one being, I loathe my persona. Absolutely We're- ten, dude. I, I oh, I'm very wow. very happy <laughs> that, that uh, being me, and I often wonder why everyone else isn't me too. I'm definitely on the wrong you know end of that spectrum. Yeah. Did now? Did you ever have any? I and and I feel like I know the answer. I mean, have you ever had any periods of self doubt in your entire life where you weren't thrilled to be you? <laughs> well, yeah, adolescence, indeed. Okay, all right. There well, was a while in uh, in high school where I realized that I was being um, uh, a huge jerk while really publicly being a Christian, like with the, the Christian t-shirts and stuff, and I just yeah. couldn't stop. Mm. Um, and I was like, uh, I hated, you know, my persona. Uh, yeah. And I still hate what that was. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of everything that's wrong with, with a lot of um, Christian Strive. culture. Yeah. But yeah, right. I, I kind of felt, you know, you, you kind of slowly uh, sink in, and you can call it a rut if you were going to be negative, but I just call it being comfortable with who I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like uh, you and I are kind of similarly just like, we we don't care except to make sure that the persona that's that's projected is accurate. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I that, think that's that's so. how far I care about it. And, and yeah. beyond that, I, I, I mean, if it's inaccurate, even if it makes me look like edgier or whatever, yeah, mm, yeah. no. Well said, baby, well said. So Blair. Uh, yeah, so Blair, about <laughs> about Blair. Because um, we our, our Twitter account follows Lisa, I think it's Welchel, is that her name? Yeah. 
the the now known for like hot saucing her kids' tongues and stuff and 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 tough Christian parenting. Really? Um, she. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we, we, well, you know, you take the good, you take yeah. the bad, man. Um, but but we follow her. Our What's our gut bad? check podcast heard. thing follows mm-hmm. her on okay. on Twitter, and I didn't do it, and you didn't do it. Well, no, I feel like I remember us doing this at like a dinner at one point. You know what I mean? We when we're, did it ironically. Yeah, we were together. We were messing around on Twitter, and we were like, "Oh yeah, like they're." And it was one of those deals where you know Twitter puts up like. You know, here's some people you should follow, and she was like in that, you know, on that on that little panel. Of she and, was, and I, yeah, right, which which says a lot about, uh, you know, our our Twitter interaction. But um, but I I'm 95 percent sure we did that ironically, like at a dinner. Okay, also. I see. I I was thinking maybe like Chuck Weebus had like used his, his largesse to yeah, like get his his tech people in to just to mess with us. Dude, we should let Weebus into our Twitter account and let him post as us too. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of Let's... a collective, you know. It's kind of it takes a village kind of thing. You know? Yeah, I like that Weebus here. Boom. I feel like Weebus has he's earned that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Also, he's I think that Weebus should be able to just drive our cars or stay at our houses anytime he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The door's always open for Weebus. <laughs> well, that Blair thing kind of fizzled out. I remember that now. I remember it was it yeah. was right when we yeah. set it up, and we were like, "Dude, we got to follow Blair." Yeah, yeah, never. Oh, so mind. so your 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 concept with with talking about Blair here on the program was to sort of nuance out the mystery of how how right. that we that we followed Blair. Yeah, like how did this happen? Because I I, I asked. I think I said on on Twitter, "Did you do this?" And you said no. And then and then yeah. uh, okay. I don't remember doing it like individually, but I, I I do remember doing it at a dinner. And I remember one time where we were like, kind of ironically following people in, in that way. So, <laughs> ironically slash not ironically, if you know. Right? What I mean. Yeah. No, we're yeah. It, we're following uh, Blair ironically for the record. Yeah, for the record. You know, looking at the computer, uh, looking, <laughs> looking at, you know, Ted, I was looking at the computer today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Actually, earlier uh, this week, I was checking out. Uh, Dude, you All sound right. like an older person. I, I like, know that, it, that is definitely an older person. Like, where, to say. where, like you, know? you, you say, where did you read that? And they're like, on, on the, the computer. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I saw on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, I, I actually don't get on the computer too much because I'm afraid someone's going to steal my identity. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I saw that. Here's something strange. Five yeah. years plus after we posted this Rocky Four white paper. Yeah, yeah, a moment. Man, it's still the main way that people get to our website Dude, is through the Rocky Four paper. Now, talk me through that. How are you? How are you seeing that? Because I, I don't think I've ever looked that deeply into the analytics of uh, of how people get there. But uh, well, the search terms are uh, Rocky Four speech, uh, okay. Rocky, and, and increasingly actually looking for that paper itself, like yeah. Rocky Four speech analysis, Rocky Four white paper. Um, more people are getting there through that e- than even searching for the podcast, even though that is a number that's that's growing quite Unbelievable. quickly. Unbelievable. Now, you know, now that you mention it, it's funny. When I first moved here to Tennessee a few months ago, I had more than a few people uh, in our new church come up to me and, you know, c- keeping in mind that I've written a lot of books over the years about a lot of different subjects and some of them quite serious about uh, about the church and about church issues, I had more than a few people come up to me and go, you know, that Rocky Four white paper. <laughs> Changed I, my life. I, yeah, and, and sometimes they preface it with, you know, I, I haven't read any of your work besides the Rocky Four white paper. 
and uh, and I and I just loved it. So yeah, we continue to get compliments on that. And and you know, I haven't read it in a couple of years. And this this conversation makes me want to pull it back up and maybe do uh, do a little dramatic reading from that. Ooh, I like that because I feel like it was very insightful. I feel like we 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 touched a lot of kind of socio political issues in that uh, in that white paper. What's funny to me is that it was an attempt to promote the Facing Tyson audiobook. Yeah. Uh, which, for reasons that you can read about in our forthcoming uh, publishing guide, uh, yeah. did not sell at all. Uh, and yet, that white paper itself is is bringing a lot of people to our website. Yeah, yeah, it sure is, man. And uh, and that's great, man. What a do you remember the the circumstances of that paper, Zach? Uh, I remember we were watching Rocky Four and said, yep. "Wouldn't it be funny if we wrote a white paper about this?" Well, no. Even even the preamble to that, though, going back, was that we were we were hanging out one evening. And uh, I think it was before Netflix or before we had Netflix or whatever. And it, and we really desperately decided we wanted to watch Rocky Four. And we went to the mall and we went to a few places in the mall and we couldn't find it. And um, and and really it was like the whole I don't want to live in a world where I can't just immediately watch Rocky Four whenever I feel like it kind of thing. And that that actually got kind of folded into the paper too. Yeah, and the, and the search. And the paper, if you're not familiar with it, uh, it's called Everybody Can Change, a critical, cinematic, philosophical, sociopolitical, theological, literary analysis of Sylvester Stallone's seminal work, Rocky IV. <laughs> and um, it, it's sort of part homage to Rocky IV, part making fun of Rocky IV, and part sort of making fun of the whole kind of stuffy academic white paper format uh, in general. And you can find it by Googling uh, Gut Check Press Rocky IV white paper. And you won't be alone when, when you're Googling that. You won't be alone at all. Yeah, there are people around the world, like, no doubt Googling it. I, I feel like every few seconds someone Googles it. A lot of you know, ceasefires resulted from people yeah. just coming together over this. Yeah, the world comes together over this. You know, if, you if, I be, it, if I can change. If I can change. And you can change. Can change. <laughs> Everybody can change. You know what was one of my favorite conclusions that that paper drew? What's that? Nobody changed. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other than Apollo, who changed from being alive to being dead, he he, yeah, quantifiably changed, didn't he? <laughs> and that's that's the interesting thing about the about the picture. He's really the only character that that underwent significant change. <laughs> now you know, there's there's some fun things happening graphically in this paper. I, I've got it open now. Um, we we included an image of of Rocky hitting uh, uh, Ivan Drago and his left boxing glove. Is the Gut Check Press logo? It's a Gut Check boxing glove. That is, dude. I, to me, that that, that, that when we did that, <laughs> I put that up on the uh, the five year retrospective, uh -huh. uh, and and I almost ended on that image because to me that kind of just sums up all of what we've been doing. Yeah, it really does all of what we've been doing and what we're what we're about um, in this company. So I'm I'm looking through the the, the chapter index here, the table of contents. Use uh, can change political progressivism in Rocky Four, with an aside on physics in Rocky Four. That's Chapter Six. Uh, chapter Five. I must break you. What the expletive is wrong with Polly? <laughs> Polly, poor Polly. Oh, poor Polly. You know what? Leave it on. Leave that that super expensive watch you bought me on the ground. It never worked anyway. Leave it yeah, there. Exactly. Chapter Three. The role of the spouse at ringside in Rocky Four. That's <laughs> an interesting, you know, kind of relational and and marital things happening in uh, in Rocky Four. So. Hey, we're getting... Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Finish that sentence. Finish, finish that thought. 
No, no, no. There's just a, a lot to enjoy, and I, I want to encourage people to go and uh, and enjoy it. But we've got a lot we haven't talked about, Zach. A lot, yeah, well, a lot that we're going to talk about we haven't talked about. We're coming up on the the when we have to uh, connect with with our mystery guest here. Okay. Um, and who, who won't be a mystery guest? Because undoubtedly we're going to tweet this all over the place and and uh, and that sort of thing. So I don't know why I'm bothering to to build and, this sort of mystery. And by that we mean tweet it one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but speaking of uh, a couple of other things, before we get to that, uh, I was on the computer, okay. and uh, I noticed on the computer, Dude, uh, interesting things happen when you look at the computer. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I noticed that the this little uh, kind of group crowdsourced article that you and I wrote with with uh, <laughs> Barnabas uh, Piper and and, and Stephen Otrogi is yeah. now up to forty thousand uh, shares. Dude, that is just ridiculous to me. But uh, explain the article to the audience. If oh, it's called familiar. "Early Symptoms of Adult Onset Calvinism." Okay, and uh, it, I, it is quite funny. Uh, Stephen Eltrogi just sent a few of us uh, a little plea for what what would be symptoms of this, and we we sent him stuff. Um, I think I actually wrote one symptom, and it was meant to be kind of a slam on the on the whole concept. But I said. Uh, uh, and over obsession with fame and and you know over blogging or something like that, but uh, <laughs> but it's actually true of early onset Calvinists. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And and Ed Stetzer shared it after it had gotten to twenty five thousand and it and it went up even more. Dude, and- my question is why why are people still thinking this is funny? Like these are these are jokes that like people have been making for the last five years about obnoxious Calvinists. Who's been making jokes like that, Ted? Uh, you know, it reminds me of a company that I love, uh, a little company called Gutcheck Press, uh, who did a whole book on this called Younger, Restlesser, Reformder. So which if you is still enjoy, selling. Which is still selling, which is still selling at a brisk pace. Uh, so <laughs> if, you, if you enjoyed the article that you read for free um, on, uh, on the Blazing Center, you might enjoy reading, what, 75 to 80 pages of, of similar humor uh, in Younger, Restlesser, Reformder, which is just... Um, not that much more than than free, so you won't pay much more than free for for that book. I don't know though. I mean, when you say seventy five to eighty pages, it reminds me that that to read the article online, yes, it's free, and there's that aspect, but also maybe just turning those pages has become too difficult for people. It's tough. Know? It's hard work for people. People like looking at the computer. People don't like turning pages. <laughs> I think is what is the take home here, Zach. <laughs> you know, Ted. Um, speaking of the computer, yeah, which is my it's just my kind of just. Only segue like, today. I feel like we've been speaking of that often this morning. Um, the, you may know our our guest here from the computer. Yeah, this guy. This guy really is all about the computer. In that he he didn't really exist before the computer, did he? <laughs> um, I mean, he existed if... as a person in, in that he like walked around and had a childhood and, and grew up somewhere. But but in terms of public consciousness, he really didn't exist. Um, here's an issue. Just to put a fine point on that distinction. I don't find him on my contacts. Uh Uh-oh. Come on, dude. Maybe he he contacted you under his real name. Yeah, he did. Okay. What is his real name? Because I I got a contact request in Skype this morning. Was it David Regeer? I think it was. Uh, how do I get Can you add him to the call? Just, uh, there's a little plus symbol. Um... Well, I saw him on the actual Skype, but now I'm in the call with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but at the... Oh, you didn't accept the request? Oh, at the lower left here. You should have like a hang up button, and next to that you'll have a plus. Uh, oh, yeah, plus. I didn't know. I didn't add him as a friend because I didn't know who he was. Like, I thought he was just some random dude. Here he is, David Paul Regier. 
sent you a contact request, accept, and now I can add him to group call. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to do that right now. Here we go. All right, so here we are with uh, our guest. Hopefully he's waiting with bated breath by the phone. Mm. I see his face, but I don't hear his voice. I see his face, too. Handsome guy. Nice head of uh, gray hair. Yellow. Are you getting anything from from him, Zach? I'm not, no. I imagine he can hear us. You know, they tell you when someone's in a coma, they can hear you. Careful Mm. what you say. Same is true of Skype when you see somebody. Right. Now, the the fact that we're seeing his face, does that mean he can actually hear us? That's that's what I'm suggesting. I think that uh, maybe his his mic's muted or he, Mm. he, he needs to go to, like, tools, options, audio and change the you know audio so you're talking to him as though he is he is in the coma and he can hear us (laughs) and maybe he'll do those things (laughs) wake up (laughs) wake up friend you know what well we wait for him to uh to to work these things out do you want to um talk a little bit about our book cover and that discussion dude let's talk about that because let's talk about this new book which you've been like you know, writing like an animal about. Now, knowing you for as long as I have, I haven't known you to be like a manic, you know, producer in terms of like, you know, writing 12,000 words in a day. But you just went you just went nuts on this thing, man. And uh, and for those who aren't familiar, Gut Check Press is doing a guide to publishing. Um, and we're very excited about it. We've been doing some writing on it now for the last few weeks. And uh, and, and Zach has been writing like crazy. So uh, So, yeah, talk about that, man. Well, the book is about indie and uh, traditional publishing, when to go with each, how to navigate each. Yeah, comprehensive guide to publishing. And it will be an actual book with pages you have to turn. So, <laughs> Just uh, a warning. So if you want to start training for that now, kind of getting <laughs> getting your hands and arms limber, as it were. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're kind of stuck about cover ideas, which is odd. We usually have too many ideas. Um, and the only idea that we've really had was to make a purposely super crappy cover because most yeah. of these like self-published books about self-publishing are the worst <laughs> covers you've ever seen and also yeah. are the worst books you've ever seen. Exactly. Um, but we this decided will, this that will was not, not be smart. the worst book. Yeah, yeah. Do, doing a doing a cover based on a joke that we want to make. Um, that's that's kind of come back to haunt us in the past. So we're not going to make that mistake. When again. did that happen? Can you hear me now? Oh, hey, is, we can. Is that the church budgeon? This is me. Dude, nice. you sound like you're rustling through that that sort of brush that's behind you in the picture. Oh, fun. <laughs> Good times. Fantastic. Uh, Zach, introduce this segment, man, because you are you are more the social media uh, maven than I am, in being that I get on it like once a month and only to follow Blair from the Facts of Life. But uh, <laughs> Just Zach, check talk in us- on Blair. Yeah, to, just to check in on Blair. Zach, talk us through the church curmudgeon uh, phenomenon, man. Well, the church curmudgeon is one of the more well-known Christian uh, kind of humorists on Twitter in the kind of anonymous tweeter uh, genre. And, uh, I mean, this this guy has got nearly 100,000 followers. And, get this, Christianity Today did an interview with him in character. Dude, uh, get not out, that long man. Ago. Yeah. When, did, when did that run? I don't know. Okay. That was, oh gosh, that was about a year and a half or so ago, something like that. They called me a Twitter rock star. Wow, nice. man. Now, how does that make you feel? I mean, do you feel some sense of conflictedness in that, you know, you have to maintain this kind of veil of secrecy around it? It, it reminds me, Zach, of the movie Wag the Dog, in which 
Uh, the Dustin Hoffman character does all this awesome stuff, but he's not allowed to talk about it. And then they they whack him in the end because he can't keep silent. Do you feel? Oh, I, sh- I sure hope I don't. That doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen either, man. Let me be the first to say. But uh, but but what we're dealing with is is it's a similar level of of shroudedness and secrecy, is it not? You know, uh, I have kind of made it sort of an open secret. I, there are people who know, but I I haven't just come out and totally advertised it there's been a couple of things that i've that i've done talking about my writer and stuff like that and uh and and i've i've tweeted it out that yes i am david regeer and but nobody really seems to want to know or care and or or dig that far back in twitter to to actually find out so now david though do do you ha, have you announced the 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 fact that this is also you are also tied to another uh, fairly popular anonymous Twitter account? You know, if people can't figure it out, that the only two people I ever retweet are David Paul Regeer and Saint Augustine. <laughs> nice. They've they 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 aren't trying very hard. So yeah, that's us. So, now, so a big reveal is is actually no reveal at all, uh, because um, according to the man himself, no one cares, and and no one responded when he <laughs> told everyone. No, Zach, this is still breaking news, and we're still going to treat it as such. Now, David, talk us through, man. What 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 was your motivation or your process like for creating the Church Curmudgeon, man? And tell us a little bit about your background, just personally. Oh gosh, okay, I um. Well, I'm a musician. That's uh, that's what I've been pretty much my whole life. And uh, I came into church ministry as a musician fairly late in the game, although I was like a lay leader and stuff like that, a uh, worship leader at a, at a few different churches and church plants and things like that. And then um, uh, I got married and my wife says, you know, why don't we just go for it? Why don't you just do that? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I started doing that. So I've I've been in church ministry since I was about thirty. Okay. Uh, and you know, being at a you know I, I got hired to kind of come in and shake up the 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 church music and go contemporary and stuff like that and bring the old people along. And one of the things that I discovered is that. Uh, it's a great thing to to actually show up at their luncheons and things like that because if you can make friends with the older people in the congregation uh, and they actually like you, uh, then you can make the kind of changes that needed to happen a lot easier. So I, I just started to get to know all of these church curmudgeons. You find out that they actually have real lives that they've been through amazing things in their lives, uh, wars and stuff like that. You hear their stories. Right, right. And you connect to, to, to their whole lives. And even though they say these, you know, hilariously grumpy and crazy things, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's a connection of a whole person behind it. Wow, that's fascinating, man. Now, I mean, this is going to sound like a weird question and, and probably a bad question, but um, I mean, have you have you always been funny, or is this sort of funniness kind of a kind of a newfound later in life type of thing? <laughs> um, I've <laughs> I've always you know had what I mean, Zach. You know what yeah. I'm trying to ask. <laughs> I, 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 I've always had some some class clown and a smart mouth kind of thing, 
And I've always had a love for puns. And, uh, and unfortunately for my wife, that's rubbed off on my kids too. Um, you know, they've, uh, they get all of the dad jokes. Oh, and wow. so they're starting to, to make them all up themselves and stuff. So it's, uh, you know, pray for my wife. She has to, she has to live with that. But, uh, um, yeah, that, that's that's been my whole life, and you know, but it's it's one thing, you know, it, to get everybody rolling their eyes at you at a staff meeting, and then another thing to you know get eighty thousand people uh, following you and and sort of chuckling at your jokes every day. That that's a it, it's weird to me. I don't I don't understand how it all mm. happened that way, but it's it's crazy. Mm. How long did it take for you? Did it grow very quickly? Like start out small, and then, uh, you know, once people started sharing things, it, it skyrocketed. Or how long did it take you to get to eighty some thousand followers? Well, uh, I've I've been doing it since November twenty ten is when I started, and I started out kind of doing just one tweet a day, um, and I, uh, I I picked up some followers. I mean, I followed some people um, that were you know, it was pretty influential and stuff like that. But I, I just started uh, started tweeting out my stuff and more and more people would pick up on it. And I think it took me, you know, a year to get to around a thousand followers. And uh, 2011, 2012 were, uh, things really started to, to hit then. Um, I had a couple of uh, well-known pastors start retweeting me uh, and a couple of them just like went back through my my year of archives and just started like tweeting everything that they thought was funny. <laughs> and I mean, I remember that there was one time I I, I tweeted something out in the morning and uh, and went to take a shower. I came back out of the shower and my inbox had like six hundred notifications <laughs> in it nice. and it's like holy cow i got like a thousand followers that day um but you know people like uh, rick warren andy stanley and some of those kind of people they you know they 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 tweet something out from you and and yeah you pick up followers it's crazy it is crazy so. now i'm uh, i'm actually looking at your uh, at your feed here and um, I, I love the one on October 19th. You'll note that Tom Coughlin and I have never been photographed together. Tom Coughlin being the NFL's most famous curmudgeon. Uh, yes. Just absolutely miserable. Um, and looks more miserable, really, each and every time you see him on television. So uh, that's, I, that's true. That's, uh, that's, that's interesting, man, and that's mysterious. So the church curmudgeon is a, uh, is a pro football fan. And today, Zach, uh, I don't know if you saw his tweet from today. Uh, he says, yeah, I got here from 1955 and 1985, too. I just did it the long way. Hashtag <laughs> back to the future day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't so, know. As I know some church convergents who are still stuck in 1955, so they haven't gotten here the long way. But That's true. That's the truth. That's the truth, and I know some uh, who would who would definitely not consider themselves curmudgeons who are still in in uh, nineteen eighty five. Dude, you know what? Uh, so. You know what's also funny about uh, Church Curmudge's feed today? Uh, I'm looking at the you may also like little panel over on the side, and uh, I'm just going to read the list. So these are a bunch of knockoffs of Church Curmudgeon celebrity pastor. No, I like that one. Surly Deacon, unappreciated yeah. pastor, Lloyd Legalist. Yeah, he's good too. Bitter Blue Betty, and then the last one is Ed Stetzer. 
That's awesome. <laughs> He's fake. Yeah, yeah. Nobody could have that goatee. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, uh, you 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 have really sprung the the cottage industry, right? I mean, this was this was a thing, yeah. but not in this way. Yeah, there there were a couple of people out there. Um, there were a couple of fake worship leaders and uh, and celebrity pastor types and things like that. And one of the funny ones that that just disappeared was SBC Messenger, and. Uh, and that one was, you know, some interaction there was kind of what got me started. But, uh, you know, what I decided when I sat down and sort of created the persona, it's like, well, OK, I've got to I've got to write down 20 things and uh, and see if, you know, if these things are really funny to see if if I'm able to continue this. And a lot of people start these. I mean, there are thousands of these things out there and and people uh, write one or two funny things or semi-funny things or knockoffs of somebody else's funny things, and then they peter out. Right. Um, yeah, but- I, I, think the, I think the key to anything like this is longevity and, and you know, committing to staying to it. And anybody can be funny once in a while, but I think, uh, I, I think it's rarer that somebody is funny over a, over a long haul, and you've been doing this for years, man. Yeah, it's tiring. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Now, tiring but, in what way? Tiring, uh, equate it to something else that's tiring. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. The, you know, the, the, the hard part of it is trying to think of new, actual, funny things about church life to uh-huh. say, you know, um, because once you, you know, once you get past the 47 bottles of mustard in the, in the church fridge, which yeah. just a, about every church of a certain size has that problem with mustard and salad dressing and room for nothing else, <laughs> uh, and then you know the 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 pins on the the missionary map in the foyer and 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 all those kind of things. Um, you know, if you pull one of that those out, the missionary gets raptured. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, once once you run out of those kind of things, uh, it's it's been just more observational humor in daily life, and that's the you know that's what I find the most fun is like watching a football game and finding something. Uh, finding something uh, funny to to you know to to get out there about that, and otherwise, you know, you just have to wait for uh, for for people to do the funny stuff that they do. Yeah, most definitely, Zach. You'll appreciate this tweet uh, from October 15 from the Church Curmudge. Uh, the realistic novel as an art form will be dead in six years, as every third sentence will have to be. He glanced at his phone. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like the, the church curmudgeon uh, it has grown a, into a, a kind of sentient being who now can share observations that aren't related to church or, or church polity or anything, but just kind of come from the core of, of who the curmudgeon is. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'm kind of just doing a mystery science theater on life. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. And let's talk a little bit about uh, Augustine. Um, yes. How did you did you just come up? Just realize that the names could be smashed together, and then the idea came from there, or how did that well, come to be? Okay, uh, there's um, the the Kim Kierkegaard account. Uh, when that one came out, uh, I don't know if you follow him, her, uh, it whatever whatever it happens to be. Uh, that, now, who, that this is a combination of of Soren Kierkegaard uh, and who? Kim uh, Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
And that one came out of, uh, a few years ago and was and, and it's is still pretty hilarious. They've uh, they've slowed down in their tweeting a lot, but uh, but there there's just some hilarious stuff. So so the mashup thing has been in my mind for for quite some time. Uh, one of the things that I was I, you know I wanted to do a, a something's theological with it. Um, I was thinking about Barth Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't have a library full of, of Carl Bart. And, and so just the, the, the research on that one would have been, uh, just too time consuming to do. But, uh, but when the Agostine mashup just popped into my head, I realized, okay, um, Joel Osteen's on Twitter. So he says something, uh, kind of inane every day. And then I found an online archive, a searchable archive of uh, St. <laughs> Augustine on uh, online. And it's like, oh, so I can, you know, I, I can just do a, a, a quick search and uh, and find things that, that juxtapose just right. And it's it's a lot of fun to do that. That's that's the one that's kind of stirring me up a little bit more creatively. And it's also great to, to just be reading, you know, City of God and confessions and all of those kinds of things, you know, just and be connected the power of with I that am, every day, right? And the power of I am. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm wondering if uh, we can maybe tease the possibility that there have been some high level talks uh, between uh, Saint Augustine uh, and and uh, a a kind of punk rock publisher that everyone loves, uh, called a Gut major Press. major publishing company. That's all right. Yep, has been in negotiations with me, so. Yeah, high level I'm, negotiations. High level negotiations. It and, and all high level negotiations take place over uh, Twitter private messenger. <laughs> that's exactly. Right. That's it. That's that's so, how Trump makes his deals. Exactly. I'm really excited about this. It's <laughs> apparently we're so excited we're speechless over here. Yes. <laughs> and 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 I'm 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 quivering. Well, let me just say this: there, Gut Check has started projects with people who aren't. Either Ted or me, or a uh, pen name of Ted and or me, uh, but we've never really finished <laughs> yes. one. Uh, so okay. the only one that we've ever finished was by my wife. So oh, yeah, that's true. So yeah, yeah, but but that's you know so all either in the Zach or me or people who are sleeping with Zach or me. <laughs> <laughs> I see how these things work. Which we hope it doesn't go that way, Dave. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I I've, I've gotten like very a uncomfortable man, all but... of a sudden. <laughs> but I think that says something that that uh, we we really jumped at that opportunity because uh, this is a funny concept and I really am looking forward to drawing a cover, a cartoonized kind of uh, anamorph middle frame, Augustine, uh, uh, Saint Augustine and 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 uh, Joel Osteen. Um, Absolutely. Oh, how many different directions can that go? Um, that can and, go a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, hey, and we'll want your feedback, or your rather your uh, input rather on on uh, how that could uh, best be be executed for for laughs. You got to have the teeth. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Blinding teeth. Yeah, my, my my favorite thing about the 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 the, the picture I've got of him is you see uh, Saint Augustine. He just has these sad eyes. Mm-hmm. You, you you zoom in there and he's just he's got sad eyes but he's got that he's got those teeth right he's got this got the smile so it's so. like you know Rome is falling down around him his beloved Rome uh, but at the same time he's like you know every day is a Friday 
That's it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have uh, you have Twitter open? Can you read us a couple Saint Augustine tweets? You know, let me uh, let me get there just to just a second. Now, David, have you ever uh, have you d- ever done any longer form uh, writing, or you know, is you know, Twitter I, kind of your? I actually did a little bit of blogging with uh, with Frank Turk and a and a crew of people over at the Calvinist Gadfly. Oh okay. yeah, and so uh, back there, I that's that's another idea for uh, a book or a graphic novel that I've that I've got going on because I had a little series of. Um, of this uh, false god uh, called uh, in, in, instead of Yahweh, it was Wanwei, which is <laughs> it, it's it's sort of it's the sound of a baby crying kind of thing. Uh, it works better in print, but um, <laughs> I'm just trying to decide uh, whether I'm going to be struck from the earth for laughing at that or yeah, <laughs> yeah. Per, pretty much that it, that was generally the, the the commentary that I got on it is because I was taking scripture passages and rewriting them uh, according to this false god, and it's like that. It, it was it was a great idea. It was hard to to carry it out over the course of uh, of a long form, but it's one of those things that if I hold myself up in a cabin long enough, I might be able to uh, to, to make something of it someday. Oh, most definitely. Now I'm on uh, I'm on Saint Augustine. And uh, and I have to say that the the first thing that strikes me and the, and the thing that I love is just this this image of the full arena, you know, this image of um, you know the 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 arena show that is uh, Joel Lake, Osteen, Lakewood, Lakewood, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. And um, here, here's a here's one of my favorite Saint Augustines: uh, robbery, perfidy, pride, ambition, envy, murders, parricides, cruelty, ferocity, wickedness. Semicolon, don't give up on your dreams. <laughs> I just love that message. You know, I mean, it's it's a really it's positive. It, it's a yeah, it's a really positive look at uh, at at the human condition. And um, here's another one that I love, just about just the reality of interaction with people in the world. Uh, when truth corrects error, faith refutes incredulity, and conversion rectifies aversion. Don't be discouraged by opposition. <laughs> <laughs> Just real depth, and I think both halves of, the, of, of that statement. So, uh, yeah, this is magical, man. This is really magical. When the spirit I, serves the flesh, it is fit. It is fitly called carnal. Listen to your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> So just yeah, just some real wisdom there from Saint Augustine. <laughs> it, it, it's fun to find those the, the the that tension there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, I'm thinking a desk calendar is what's going to really hit with that thing, dude. I would love to do a desk calendar. All kidding aside, Zach, I think we what, one of the things that our 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 publishing company hasn't gotten into has been the just the whole peripheral products industry, and I, I think it would be really punk rock, Zach. To uh, to have Saint Augustine's book, if you will, just be a peripheral product, just to go right into like <laughs> licensing of other products that aren't the book, and go right into the desk calendar and and some of the other things. Coffee mugs, action figures, plushies, plushies. Yes, <laughs> I think everyone needs a Saint Augustine plushie. You For... press on his belly, yeah, and it'll spout out wisdom. Yeah. Or what if you squeeze his head and it gives you the first half? And then you you push on his on his heart or maybe on his kind of intestinal area, and it gives you the the rest. 
love it. <laughs> hey, David, since we got you on here and you're and you're quite yes. a, a resource uh, humor wise and idea, a, a, a real idea man. Um, we we were trying to. Uh, kind of drum up some some ideas for the cover of our new book, The Gut Check Guide to uh, Publishing. Uh, and our only idea had been to make an intentionally super crappy pixelated, like uh, I found this image on Google and, and this font came with my computer kind of deal. Um, but we decided that was too meta and, and people wouldn't get the joke. What, what do you think would be a good cover? Oh, goodness. Uh you know, I, I think you could do one of those uh, heroic science fiction covers from the seventies, okay? Uh, with uh, you know the 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 gal in the armored bikini holding up the sword, hmm. and uh, you know um, then uh, you know the 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 dragon, you know the, the, somewhere in that in that kind of kind of range. I like that. I like that a lot. And, and, you know, speaking of Frank Turk, I think we could probably commission him to draw or paint something like that. Absolutely. And he may already have something he's working on now right along those lines, actually. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but see, then you have the hero of the thing being an actual writer-looking dude. You know, unkempt, unshaven, and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, in a... In Maybe a, a man bun. Uh, uh, oh, definitely the man bun ted what do you think of that i love it man i love it i i i celebrate any man bun uh, scenario <laughs> so i meant kind of the whole concept like the that, that see that kind of thing i was i was tying myself down to you know something with maybe like a typewriter which every stinking writing or or, or publishing book has then i'm like maybe yeah. a typewriter but I, but like someone has sit, sat down with boxing gloves on like the, the gut check logo but you know strong bad's already done that yeah. Um, or or how do you work in the cigar or whatever? But we go a whole different kind of like over the top route. That could be that could be money. That that could definitely be money. I, I like the kind of epic over the top uh, feel of of what we're kicking around here. Um, either that or just I don't know, like a middle aged lady at a computer. You know what I mean? <laughs> With a just sort of in in the vein of like. Many of these conferences that we've spoken at, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> now, we are talking in, in this book, uh, writing about, actually, uh, because if we were talking, nobody could read it, um, about uh, a little bit about marketing and social media, online presence. Do you have any gems that we can, that we can uh, quote you on about how you know, to successfully build your you've, – you've built a brand, whether you wanted to, to do it that way or not, and you've, and you've built a huge readership. Uh, what, are, what, are some, what are the top three tips for that? Oh, uh, the top three tips is to let your work and your relationships go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's like that's go the top in, three? Go in, in what way? Like, just let them fall by the wayside? Just, just, just let them slide. Let just them just slide. Just let them slide, yeah. <laughs> okay. So Be in order to succeed at writing, you need to uh, fail at your personal relationships and your job, probably. Pretty much. You need to excel at distraction. Ah. Dude, that's deep. I love that. Ooh. Who would you let go first? I mean, do you, is it the wife or, you know, the kids? Oh, or? gosh. They're all distractions yeah, well, they, from Twitter. Yeah, they, 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 they all know what, they, what it looked like to have, you know, uh, dad's nose buried in the iPad. Right. So, you know, they're, they're daddy, daddy, come I, back. I, I think what you found, and really the really the beautiful thing here is that um, that it's not your wife or your kids or even even your work that makes you happy. It's Twitter. You know what I mean? 
you found oh, that yes. that depth of experience and the and the the richness of life uh, on social media, which I think uh, so many people can relate to. You know, I mean, here we are chasing significance in our in our ministries and our marriages when when really we need to look to Twitter. Yeah, amen. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm going to kick it all when the book comes out, right? Because then everything will be fulfilled. Everything will be fulfilled, and you will <laughs> yeah. be happy. Then because I'll be as happy. Zach and I can tell you, uh, being a published author, um, it it makes you happy. That's there's it. No frustration. There's no disappointment. No. The the world is a little bit brighter after that. Yep, you'll hear those little angels coming out and singing. Oh, right, right. You'll feel wonderful each and every day. That's it. Each day more wonderful than the previous. And you think to yourself, how did I even get by before, you know? I mean, when everything was different. Yeah, before before my book was ranked 1.2 millionth on Amazon. Exactly. Before I sold 87 copies of my traditionally published book. How how did I even live before that? Here we go. You know? Let me ask you this, man. How does uh, the kind of never-breaking character uh, anonymous Twitter account go about earnestly promoting a book though i mean that seems like uh, you'd almost have to break the you know the fifth wall and look in into the the camera that's why i haven't been published yet is because it it it's um it's hard for me to get there i i it, it's I, that's something that i that it's just hard for me to imagine doing it's like okay we 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 don't want this fourth wall here it's like actually buy my book and i can't say something snarky about you don't really want to buy my book because i really would like you to go ahead and buy my book <laughs> <laughs> i feel like books in general are curmudgeonly zach and i think that this fits right in the wheelhouse of uh of the church curmudgeon you know championing yeah. this you know kind of dead art form where you have to you have to turn pages yeah yeah like yeah kind of just really down and grumpy about things like kindles and and yeah. stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah that could work yep yeah I'm going to sell them pre-dusted. Pre-dusted. I love it. I love it. I don't get Zach, that. how's our time? Do we have uh do we have time for one more question with the curmudge or do I we I think we to... do. Yeah, yeah. Then I got to go uh I got to go preach. You yep. know, I'll tell you what, the hardest right. preaching I do is to this uh this particular city rescue mission because if you they tell them at the beginning turn off your cell phones and they all turn them off because he won't start the thing until they do and they have to sit through this for lunch. But if you are in the least bit boring, those phones come back out. It's it's a real uh, chop builder, if you will. So in that regard, it's exactly like a college classroom, right? Or a regular church. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only you can kick people out and confiscate their phones. Right. Right. Well, you, do you have another question for for uh, David? You know, I really don't. Man. Oh, <laughs> okay, that's fine. You know what, David? We want you to ask I, us a question. Actually, is where this is going. Yeah, David, ask us a, uh, a question, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. Well, oh, the. The publishing thing. Is it a good thing? Are you enjoying it? Oh, are we enjoying our own company? Gotcha. Yes. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this company has been manifestly about enjoyment from day one. You know, this was a – it started for me as kind of a, a way to keep my sanity as I was making my living in, in traditional publishing. So really, Gut Check became the – the way to do all the things that uh, that I wasn't allowed to do humor-wise in uh, in traditional publishing. So – um, you know, for me, it's always been about enjoyment. And I think for Zach, you know, it was, it sort of worked in the opposite way and that gut check was the launch pad and kind of a way for him to work on and perfect his writing. And now he's, uh, in the traditional publishing realm as well. So, uh, yeah, for me, it was a way to kind of just nestle up inside like the back of Ted's 
ample hair and just kind of kind of ride that. <laughs> just kind of live there, you know. Beautiful. People talking. People talk about riding the coattails. You rode the the ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I it started with with just uh, t- a way to have fun, but we've uh, really really grown to the point where now we've got the church curmudgeon on our podcast, and I think that we are just a few short weeks away from Blair following us back on Twitter. Oh my goodness, dude! Wow. Do you think? I mean, is there ever a world in which we could have Blair on the show? I mean, Zach, would you? I, I would just want to fold it up and retire after that. I feel like there would be no, no, no more mountains to climb, <laughs> and he wept because there were no more worlds to conquer. Uh, benefits you know? of a classical education. Benefits of a classical education. <laughs> I'm afraid to even ask if she would come on the show, but dude, yeah, you're right. That to, would be. I mean, we really need to play that well. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to even really suggest that right now, but. I, I feel like there will be a time, you know, there will be a time. and we'll know when that is. David, it's been a pleasure to have you on, man. This has been awesome. Thank you very much. It's been and, a good time. Uh, thanks for revealing your identity here on the program, folks. That's been the church curmudgeon, uh, David Regeer, and uh, we look forward to more of his work uh, at Gut Check Press. We can't wait to see what the what the future will hold. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Thank David. Thank you, sir. Folks, this has been the Gut Check Podcast, and we will see you next time. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah.